Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where you will find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now let's dive in. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host. I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As business creators, most of us who tune into the show have small to mid-sized businesses. And some of us are influencers. Some of us rely on social media and new media. Some of us have budgetary constrictions. There are so many things that can get in the way of what we consider to be branding. So what we're going to do today is we're going to disambiguate that term and give you some insights that perhaps have not crossed your desk up until now, but could move you in a new direction. To help us with that, we have somebody who we have been working to get on Business Creators Radio for a while. And this is one of those ones where it's been a bit of a ride, but we're so happy that we were able to get her on for today's episode. Her name is Suzanne Tuline. She's a brand clarity expert, author, and speaker specializing in identifying, defining, and aligning her clients to their distinctive brand value positioning through her proprietary process. Lots of nice words. I love big words. She helps clients achieve extreme clarity in their differentiation, master consistencies to build trust, and create on-brand actions from the inside out. She's the author of three books, Brand DNA, Personal Brand Clarity, and The Six Myths of Small Business Branding. Suzanne speaks, trains, and consults internationally, and today she joins us on the Business Creators Radio Show. Suzanne Tuline, come on in. The weather's fine. Hi, Adam. So good to be here. Thank oh, you so much. It's, 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 it's an honor and a pleasure, and we are going to discover so much more. I have my pad of paper and my two pens out to capture the aha moments, because our listeners know that not only am I the host, I'm also the number one listener looking for the slide edge in my business, which is an important reason why all business creators should host and promote their podcasts. All right, I've done my little elevator speech there because that's something else that we do through our Reach System brand. What I'd like to do now before we dive in, I know there are a number of topics you want to cover, is let's take a step back. And I went, I read off your official bio. It's so impressive. I'm not sure I'm not worthy to be in your presence and it's my show. Tell us more <laughs> about your journey, what's brought you to where you are today, serving our business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Oh, well, thanks for that opportunity. You know, I, I did start in corporate America and um, I worked with a company that was bought, uh, that bought us. And then we bought as a company, 13 other companies within my two years of doing business or working with them. So we grew through acquisition and I really began to learn and understand what brand was in a corporate setting and an environment setting. And, um, we, it, was, it was fascinating to bring in the cultures of the, these different companies into one co- like core set of core values and really understand how to make that consistent and succinct and understandable 
So we worked on a lot of cultural type things. And then I left that because it was like totally crazy and chaotic. And I started up my own company, um, which was a design boutique. And I focused on corporate identity design, believe it or not, and collateral pieces that went with that. And three years into my business, it grew at about 30% every year. Um, I realized that all I was actually doing for the small business person was uh, in, in design work was really just putting lipstick on the pig, so to speak. And I, I wasn't really helping them build the brand, but rather I was already helping them communicate the brand through visual branding, but they didn't even know who they were yet. And it was a big aha moment for me when I realized that here they're coming to me to help them figure out their brand. And they actually should be the one telling me, the vendor, the designer, the communicator of their brand, who they are, right? So that was a, a big wake up call. And so I decided that I wasn't really going to be doing much more of that anymore because it wasn't as satisfying to me as it was for me to go in there and really start helping them uncover these attributes and build out the attributes in a tangible way so that they can walk the talk and deliver on their promise every day. Then we have something to market. So that's how brand ascension started. I just yeah. realized that, you know, I'm tired of just putting new paint on, on a, an entity that has yet to identify and define who they are. Does that make sense? That makes dollars and cents, literally. You know, I was thinking of something before we, began the interview that you and I had chatted about in a previous conversation and it just came back to me and this <laughs> is going to be a good point of disambiguation for our listeners I used to own a web development firm way back in the day I am not a web designer I do not know how to draw a roller with a straight line I can't even get that analogy right I was good at hiring designers I was excellent and still am at understanding how to make a website into a conversion sales machine. I know all that, but as far as colors and things, I understand the psychology of colors. Uh, the colors behind my three brands are all very consistent. And they and the colors we selected, the shades, the fonts was all done intentionally. We don't announce what those intentions are, but it was done intentionally based on research, uh, the psychology and how the human brain processes things like color triggers, sound triggers, font triggers, and things of that nature. So I understand the science, the science behind the imagery of branding, but as you're about to explain to us, that's only one small piece of what branding really is. And it's actually something that we want to acknowledge and deal with, but we want to move on to something else that's even more important as we establish branding. So here's my story. We had a client whose brand had a shade of purple in it that was used for the logo, the trim pieces for the website, uh, the shade for hero images and things like that. They had their color swatch, so we had the exact hex code for that purple. So far, so good. That launch got held up by 10 weeks while she continued to insist that we didn't use her shade of purple. I filmed multiple, multiple Camtasia videos where right so she could see it, I pulled up all of the style sheets because this was pre-WordPress that said, this is the purple we're using. I showed every instance of that hex code. 
I pulled up the images and the logo. I opened them up in Illustrator and I put the little dropper on them so she could see that's the hex code. She continued to insist that I didn't know what I was doing. She had she actually ha she actually hired a branding consultant to analyze the issue of why we couldn't get the purple right. You know what this all came down to? The settings on her monitor. <laughs> of course. Fortunately, 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 and this goes to your point, she herself already had a very strong personal brand it's that's internationally recognized in her field she's extremely good at what she does so i'm actually not criticizing her at all i'm just illustrating how even very highly motivated people who are good at branding can get caught in these briar patches and rabbit holes well i i'd really like to touch on that story in a couple of different angles um from my perspective as a brand consultant, I'm an internal, I want to, what I call an internal brand clarity expert. And that means I really don't function on that outside um, exposure communication side anymore. I used to in the design arena when I was had my own firm. But I see brand as the, the actual assignment of meaning to an entity. And so to me, a logo is not a brand. A logo yeah. is simply a graphic icon that represents the brand. So the question still remains then, what is it representing? So I help the client identify, define, and align to that what is it piece so that when the client sees the visual um, of the logo, and it's important to be consistent, you know this, and, and your, your client knew this, that to have that color of purple, that whatever color of shade that is, it is important because consistency builds trust. And even from a visual perspective, if I saw, if I loved Coca-Cola and I'm going to the grocery store and I'm running down the aisle to go grab my six pack of Coca-Cola and all of a sudden it's green and blue instead of the white, silver, and red, that we know it as, I wouldn't trust that I was buying the same brand of Coca-Cola. I thought I would think that I would, I would be buying a generic brand or something. What color is Mountain Dew? It's yellow and green and red. Bingo! And if they and if they all of a sudden put out a red bottle of Mountain Dew, would you drink it? No. Bingo. Uh, exactly. So so coloring is important in that way, but when you when you still produce a logo. I, I call the logo actually the tool, which is the logo, is a, a marketing piece. It is something that communicates what the brand is supposed to stand for. And so what's generally missing, especially in small business and solopreneurs, is the time to sit down and actually flush out what is my value position, not proposition yet, because a proposition is a marketing function. What is my value position in terms of what I am, who I am and what I'm offering? Because I'm the secret sauce to differentiation. If I'm a coach, yeah. if I'm a consultant, if I'm a practitioner, a distributor in something, then and my client is ready or my prospects are ready to buy a product that I offer and, and maybe 15,000 other people offer. Why would they come to me? Why would they decide to choose me? I am the only differentiator in that product offering. When you really look at it, 
from a perspective from the prospects mindset. So you as a, as a solopreneur are the brand of your business and you are the secret sauce of creating differentiation. I'm going to give a shout out to somebody who's been on the Business Creators Radio Show at least once or twice, and I know I've been on his podcast a number of times. His name's Rob Anspach, and he has a series of books out there on social media, branding, podcasting, and currently he's doing a series called Rob Versus. So there's Rob Versus the Scammers, Rob Versus Humanity. I think I'm quoted one of the books. Now, what these books are, are collections of his stories of conversations with idiots, <laughs> almost every day he posts some conversation uh like uh you know i see you know like uh scammer blah 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 rob blah blah blah, and just all and 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 the punchline of every single one of them is gee i just got deleted and blocked again or gee they hung up on me <laughs> wow. i recognized immediately what he was doing is he was literally writing books that he was planning to publish that touched on emotional issues faced by his client avatar and in doing his social media this way, he was also showing you that he is a fun-loving, sarcastic guy that if you work with him, he will keep you in stitches. Yes. And working with him will be fun. So, I mean, if you have questions about his skill uh, with developing websites, search engine optimization, uh, social media, uh, writing and publishing your book, and some of the other things that his firm does, you can go to the website and you can see the case studies. But he leads with letting you know who he is. And he gets lots of clients that way. Exactly. He's showcasing his, what I call his personal brand style attributes. And those are really important to understand. And until we can give them, really flesh those out, name them, define them, and then make them tangible in how we show up in a very consistent way, then we're not marketing consciously. There's, There's conscious branding and there's unconscious branding. And so many of us that haven't done the due diligence in this sort of work I'm talking about are really just out there unconsciously branding themselves. And yeah. every single one of these solopreneurs or small businesses already have a brand because a brand is just a perception and it lives in the right. minds of your prospects and yourself. And it's based on emotion and defined by their experience with you. And until you've defined it, you are not in control of it. Your okay. Is. I'm going to say, uh, just because this is going toward personal branding, and that's the gist of what you want to cover today. Yeah. Even with large companies, I want to illustrate a point here. I'm going to say the names of a few companies or entities, and I want you to tell me the name of the first human being who comes to mind. Uh, we'll start with an easy one. Amazon. Oh, that's Bezos. Bezos. Microsoft. Um, yeah. That's the rich guy that's that's too rich, doesn't know what to do with the money, except give it away. I Bill, can't remember, I'm sorry. Bill Gates, who doesn't even run Bill the Gates, company anymore, yes. but he's still the brand of the company. He doesn't even run it. I mean, they have a different right. CEO who has his own personal brand. Uh, let's yeah. try, let's uh, let's go overseas for a minute. Alibaba. Alibaba. I don't know the owner of Alibaba. Jack, Jack Ma, I'll bail you out. Okay, okay so okay. Tesla. Oh, Elon Musk. Yeah. All right. And so then, he, and, and, and then I, and I've got one more for you. And this is one that I've posed to other branding experts we had on business creators radio show. I'm going to say one word and you tell, and you tell me what, what name comes to mind. Uh, and whatever answer you give is okay, because I know that 
different people have different answers to this despite legalities. President. I have to give you a name? Yes, president. I just said the word president. What comes to mind? Obama. Okay. The, so something about the person who held the job from the years 2019 to 2017 becomes the first thing that jumps out at you when you associate a person with an entity. Well, it's only because of a value construct that I hold and that I okay. relate to. So it, it, there's a lot of variables that, that cause people to remember certain things. Yeah. You know, they have to resonate with them. And when they don't, they don't. I mean, that, right. that's the thing. That, that's another great point to make that in my Six Myths of Small Business Branding book, you know, not your no brand is universal. So you're never going to appeal to everybody. And knowing that and dropping the oars around that liberates you to really begin to funnel your brand style, your core values, and your promise of delivery to a specific market that appreciates that fully and will pay your premium price. Right. So, um, all right. So I did this this way to illustrate a point, and this is where I want to illustrate the power of personal branding. Then we're going to get into some of the points that you want us to go through specifically. Um, I mentioned uh, two companies or entities, and I mentioned Microsoft, and you named the guy who used to run it. I mean, he still has sure. controlling interest in it, but the fact is they have a different CEO who actually has a very prominent personal brand of their own. Uh, I said the word president. I didn't say what country. I didn't say whether it was a country. Or I didn't say whether it was an organization. I didn't say whether it was a social club. And in both cases, you inserted your interpretation of it Exactly. And you named something or somebody who is the former thereof, not the current thereof. Exactly. Wow. So the brand can sometimes outlive the company. Heck yeah. Uh-huh. So, well, I, so, I, so I did that for, I did that for, I did that for our listeners. There's nothing political about it. So some yeah. people here present now, depending on, you know, just on, you know, because of where we are today with this episode running, uh, some people are going to say, if we're in the United States, some are going to say Trump and some are going to say Biden because we're right around the time of the inauguration. Uh, somebody asked me that question without thinking about it, I'll probably say Reagan simply because he was the president of my childhood. Exactly. So when I first so when I first developed a conception of what a president is, because of the time I was born, the time that I gained that consciousness, he was the president of the United States during that entire time period. Exactly. And and, and, and and at a conscious yeah, and at conscious and unconscious levels, I've compared all of his successors to him because he was my anchor of reference for that entire concept of what a brand of a president is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So for our listeners, if you are now understanding how incredibly powerful a personal brand can be, even with some of the biggest dogs on the block, uh, this hopefully is illustrated. So we understand the power of personal brand. Now let's go into alignment. How can you align your personal brand with your authentic self? Yeah. So you're, your personal brand is actually, it's kind of a trick question, is actually actually your authentic self. So you're, what you're aligning to is a conscious, strategic, and deliberate awareness of it. And that's the only way you can align to it is when you, you actually flush it out. I have a step-by-step -step process in my personal brand clarity book, and I have an online course. You walk through the processes, 
you flesh out, you name it. And when we name these attributes that we know are, are deeply authentic to who we are, we get to create meaning around them and we get to define them. Now that helps us make tangible experiences that we can consciously design in terms of the delivery of who we are to the, to the consumer, to our family, to our friends, to the community. But until, and this is really important, um, Adam, until we can define that and own it, then we are simply vulnerable to being inundated by our external environment to become that. It, it, it's absolutely a, 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 like a, a personality suck, right? We, you get so involved in what's happening around you, you adapt to that and you lose who you are until we sit down and actually go through and do the due, due diligence and that work. Yeah, you've heard phrases like be yourself or be your best self. And we could spend seven of these episodes going down that rabbit hole if we really wanted to. But do you think it's a fair statement that if you're listening or viewing somebody, you can tell if they're centered within their authentic self? I, I think most of us can. I think we yeah. have, a, you know, we have a spidey sense, so to speak. We, we know something's off or we know we feel really good about what we're hearing or seeing from this person. And when we all have that, you know, great gut uh, intuition, and that's one of the senses that we have to start paying attention to. But um, yeah, it's, it's really powerful. We know we're in alignment when we're feeling so euphoric and, and things are flowing easy and we're not feeling pressure from our outside influences. Right. So, uh, you know, it's it's so important to realize that we, we can easily become molded into our out external experiences unless until we figure out who we are and can stand in that value position and stand strong. And that's where the distinction comes. And that's where the consistency comes. And consistency builds trust. Trust creates history. History forms tradition. Right. And tradition builds rituals. So as soon as we become a ritual to our prospects and our customers, then, you know, we're an awesome brand. We've done it. Yeah, you've mentioned Spidey Sense. I think of intuition and I go into vibe when we think about that as well. There's something yeah. programmed within human beings that the authenticity becomes more power. And you've seen, uh, whether you want to look at this politically, socially, culturally, what have you, people align with the brands of human beings that yes. in some cases those human beings may convey values that are actually contrary to their own values but they're okay with it because the person expressing those values is being authentic about who they themselves are um it, it exists. Believe me, it exists. I know uh, it exists, but yeah. I'm not sure if they, if it's about being okay with those values. You, you they they find their way to accept it. They they rationalize. That's a good word. To, that's a good word too. But it's the authenticity that allows the rationalization. If the authenticity wasn't there, uh, yeah. they would condemn it instantly. Yes. Yep, that's what I was. That's what I was getting at. We use a lot of of large words, and I love large words. I, I, I like the really big words, uh, and I and I've also and I've also stated that I was told once 
many, many years ago that people uh, in a company I used to work for, they said, people have told me that, this is my supervisor, people have told me they need a thesaurus to read your emails. I said, then tell them to get a thesaurus. I'm not going to lower myself for them. You know, you're funny. It's funny you say that because when I was in a lot of marketing communications and PR work, you know, I was constantly told that you have to write to a fifth grade level. And I said, you know what? I don't want to keep people dumb. I want to inspire them to, to take it to the next level and figure out what a word is and inspire them to go look it up. To me, but, it spe- to me, it speaks to intellectual curiosity. Right. Uh, when right. I hear a word and I don't know what it means, I suddenly become curious. Exactly. Me too. My people have a similar approach. Those who say, don't even know big words. Those are not my people. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree. And that's how when I help my clients craft their 60 second commercial, you know, their elevator speech, I call it a brand identity statement. We really get down to the core and utilize those attributes they've created in the DNA. The DNA is so foundational to messaging, to creating the tangible experience, the customer experience, to being consistent. That's, that's how powerful it is, but it's, it's really um, speaking in your language, in your vernacular, and building an audience or tribe that appreciates that. And those are your best customers. Correct. And this is, and this is where that element of matching your authenticity to your message. Uh, I call it in my own way, my, you know, serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. What is it about you that's brilliant? What is it about you that's passionate? And this is a place where I have actually a point of contention with the messaging of my friend, Larry Wingett, who uh, has different views on passion. You go ahead and check him out. He was on our show too, a few years ago. And uh, you can, and he has a different view entirely on passion, but it's okay for opposing viewpoints to coexist because in both cases, they're being expressed authentically. Yeah, and when you know who you are and you've identified that construct, what I call the your personal brand presence DNA, it really enables you to start discerning differently, making better decisions, more aligned decisions, and you're able to now officially say that's not my brand or that is my brand and I'm going to step into that right without that you're just you're really getting pulled into this external environment and trying to adapt to things that are out there and you'll never find who you are and never find that distinction and you cannot ever be consistent Oh, interesting. We have our fire alarm going off because uh, my candle's burning. So we're just going to push on through if that's okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I want to make a point to our listeners about uh, the old business creators radio show is number one, you've now been liberated from your hypnosis of hearing voices babble because this has caused you to sit up and say, whoa, something's going on here. I promise that's not a sound effect. That's actually my fire alarm and if it doesn't stop chirping in about 30 seconds i'm going to carry my laptop with me and push the button while we continue this conversation if you can slap a pillow up there there it goes (laughs) yep yep see there you go oh no yeah so what we're going to do now is see there it went it's gone all right so uh wake up call 
Yeah, and and see, here's something about the branding of the Business Creators Radio Show. It's an audio-only show. People said, well, you have so much more engagement if you did video. Well, you know what it comes down to is I don't want to. I, I, I mean, uh, God gave me a face for radio, not a face for radio, not a face for video. But he also <laughs> gave me a voice for radio. So that's my attribute. And that's authentic to me. I go on uh, networking live streams and I'm that one guy that will not turn his camera on under any circumstances. It's part of my brand. It's uh, you don't need to see it. You know, you, you have so much con- good content. You don't need to have a visual. I know, I know, I know somebody else um, who uh, has been in business for longer than I have in the entrepreneurial space, and has never shown a picture of herself. Wow! There is actually a bounty. I think it's up to twenty-five thousand dollars at this point for anybody who can produce a photograph of her that's verified authentic. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. So it doesn't come down necessarily to headshots or anything like that. Now, if all of a sudden, now, and now every so often, like if I'm on somebody else's show and it's a video show, yeah, I'm going to put on a nice shirt and I'm going to do what they want me to do because it's their show, their authenticity. Right. And it's my job to support that. Um, if I were going to be interviewed on media and it was a TV show, well, I'm going to do what I got to do. But for my stuff, I, I sporadically we'll do a live stream on Facebook or LinkedIn. And even then half the time, the camera's actually pointed away from me. Or I'm doing a, or I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing a walkthrough of something that's displaying on my monitor. Again, it comes down to authentically how we do things. Some people love to jump in front of cameras and that's their authenticity. That's right. Yeah. So if all of a sudden sudden the business creators radio show became a video show, it would probably lose subscribers and followers because it would have an icky vibe to it. I wouldn't feel good. Right. Well, good. You know, then then you're staying really true to who you are. It feels good. You attract the people that that get that and appreciate it and, you know, don't have any drama around it, right? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I always say that, you know, marketing might get prospects in the door, but it's your brand that keeps them coming back. Correct. So uh, what else do you have to share with us, if anything, about identifying your core values and how you interweave them with your business strategy? I know that's one of the other points you wanted us to cover, and I think we've already kind of halfway gotten into it, but let's see how much further we have to go. Yeah. So, you know, there are about four different areas that I always like to take the client through through this personal brand presence process. And, and one is fleshing out those value attributes. And And we have to really understand what we value in order to start discerning differently and shaping the way we treat the customer, shaping the way we run our business. So um, the vision that we want to accomplish, the bottom line things that we value, are we getting those? Are the clients receiving those? And until we define those values, we don't know what that is enough to really, again, create the consistency in our actions and behaviors to make it become tangible. So values can be, a value can even be profitability. That's Starbucks, one of Starbucks values is profitability. So what that means for them, just to give you an example, is that they they have created a, a process around profit margins and delivering the type of service that people will pay for. 
paying four or five bucks for a, a cup of coffee these days, right? That could four, be four or five bucks. What Starbucks have you been to lately? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the, the Colorado Springs area. It's not, I'm not in New York, but okay. Maybe that helps, but go ahead. Yeah. So when they can create the behaviors that make us value and put forth, you know, premium cash and for their pricing structure, then, you know, that's just a value that I resonate with that I, I will, I will spend that kind of money for that sort of action and behavior or product. So values can be infused. We work on every area of the business to infuse your core values once you flesh them out into what you do every day in your business. And so they really show up. It's not that you're touting them all the time, but your behavior is expressing them all the time. And also in your vernacular and in your narrative and how you go about treating, you know, creating that customer experience. And then we have this brand style attributes. And this is where you get to identify and define up to four, maybe five particular attributes that really help shape your personality construct. And really then you begin to start pulling out things within that, uh, those style attributes that you can express or lean into even more so, so that you're creating distinction from you know, your competitors. You're no longer a commodity in the market of let's say coaches. You start really leaning into and getting more conscious, strategic and deliberate with a particular style attribute. You start showing up on your podcast that way or showing up in, on your website that way or in your delivery of your product. Yeah. Service. Okay, so there are a lot of agencies out there uh, that, you know, the digital marketing agencies, web agencies, all kinds of things. And they have, they tend to make a promise to a lot of their clients and customers is we will get you more traffic to your website. Now I get up on stage and I say that the last thing that you need or want in your business, in fact, if you have this, you should probably get rid of it because it's har harming you, is traffic to your website. <laughs> so and yeah, you actually interjected faster than most people do. Uh, I've gotten a lot of four-eyed, or rather three-eyed stares and people thinking, what, did he just say the earth is flat? And by the way, the earth's not round either. It's actually kind of an oval and that's been studied and demonstrated through scientific observation and analysis. But uh, the reason I say that is because everybody else out there is promising you more traffic to your website. Now, so what garbage is in, garbage out, right? Yeah. Now, now, what, now, what is traffic? Traffic to me is the reason I work from a home office or uh, or some hideaway uh, rather than going to a business office. When I think of traffic, I think of hundreds of thousands of people cramming onto highways that were designed for tens of thousands of people and getting demoralized twice a day. That's what I think <laughs> of when I think of traffic. When I think of website, what's a website? Is that your homepage, your about page, your products page, your podcast page, your webinar page, your blog page, your privacy policy, terms and conditions, disclaimer, contact page, uh, sales letter. What is that? All of those things can be a website and a website can consist of any or all of those things. So why the hell would I want traffic to my website? What I want instead are visitors to web pages who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped, which I call the three P's of website conversions. So, and then I, and I admitted this, 
I don't say you shouldn't have traffic to your website, but what I've done in this case is I've renamed it. Right. And that's a, that's vernacular, right? Uh-huh. And but it means so much more because it, it's so much more um, honed in and defined to uh, create an outcome versus just trash traffic. Yeah. I mean, hell, if you just want more traffic to your website, hell, we'll, we'll throw up a website today and we'll just buy a bunch of people and tell them to go visit. Here's the traffic right. to your website. That's right. whoop dee do. But the way I describe it, I actually use my own brand as somebody who delves into things a little bit deeper and will ask why and will ask how and will question, challenge, or be skeptical about anything. To me, to me, there are no sacred cows. <laughs> right. Which is part of the reason we had you here, because you, um, uh, in your approach, when I checked you out and I saw some of the things that you were doing with brand ascension and things like that, I recognize you take a little bit of a different view on this as well to help illustrate the power of what it is we're, we're discussing here. So um, I think these are examples so far of how to distinguish a business from its competition without altering the product. Can you tell us a few more that uh, may be of interest to our listeners? A few more of the power of branding? Yeah, yeah. Or like, um, you know, tips to distinguish the business from the competition without altering the product itself. Oh, well, that's all about the person then, isn't it? Exactly. The experience of the delivery. So, you know, if you thought about, if your listeners sat back in their chairs and thought about someone in their, let's say, in their perfect market audience saying, getting ready to refer them to somebody in the space of, let's say, a coach or consultant. And they would say something like, oh, but you have to go over and meet John Doe because he's the guy who dot, dot, dot. And right. you have to finish what you want that person to start saying. And, and it only, can only come from you. Like, what is it that you want to scream from the mountaintops about what you know to be true about your expertise and that you wish if, if these people knew this and that you knew this and this is what you get them through to solve a problem, then they would be your client in a heartbeat. So what, what are those particular things that you have a different angle of thought on, you have a different philosophy on? I mean, Adam, you've got lots of specific philosophies about websites, about marketing. And so I want a guy who has those specific opinions and knows the ins and outs of those areas. So if I knew that you were all about that, then I know I'm, going, I'm coming to you. Yeah, let me give you another example, and this is uh, through another one of my brands, uh, our Podcast Creators Institute and the Podcast Reach System. My view on launching and hosting your podcast is to avoid rabbit holes and do it as quickly as possible with attention focused on the branding side of it and the marketing optimization side of it. So if somebody wants to have a drawn out conversation about microphones, mixer boards, sounder boards, and everything else, and that's really all they're going to care about is what type of foam they should put on their wall, uh, they may not be 
the best clients of the reach system. I like to say the Business Creators Radio Show, which people are listening to right now, is not only one of the longest running, longest continuously running entrepreneurial podcasts on the air today, it's also one of the most gorilla. Right. We It's been seven and a half years. We just haven't gotten around to that stuff because it hasn't stopped us from achieving our goals. It hasn't stopped us from exceeding our goals. Now, there are other launcher podcast companies out there that will come to your place and design your studio for you. More power to them if that's what they want, if that's what they're aiming for. We're about amplifying your own voice and using it as your primary networking and connections tool. Well, that's great because you've just demonstrated how when you really hone in on understanding what you value, and I would say one of your brand style attributes is efficiency, that you're really exemplifying that efficiency through your program, the REACH program, and um, really targeting that market that is ready for that and looking specifically for that. Right. Minimalism and essentialism are a couple of my very important values when it comes to life and business in general. In my book, Groundhog Day is an Invent, Not a Business Strategy, I, when I was the, designing the manuscript, I accidentally used the same section of a chapter twice in two different sections of the book. And then I decided to leave it that way because it's actually that important. I encourage business creators to look at all their processes, what they do, their rules and regulations and everything else and ask this question over and over and over and over again as follows. What would happen if we didn't do this at all? Mm -hmm. And I've taken people through this exercise and they've been stunned how many of their processes, their roles, their way of doing things are there simply because it was a permanent overreaching reaction to a temporary blip on a radar over an issue that nobody remembers. Right. <laughs> that's what we lose, that's what we lose sight of. Somewhere along the line, somebody came along and said, well, you're not really podcasting unless it sounds like NPR. You're not really podcasting unless it looks like you're sitting in a news studio. Really? Because podcasting has been around longer than video marketing. Right. So I'm pretty sure that those things are not mutually required of each other. (laughs) I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. So that goes into another element of my brand is that I said there there are no sacred cows and I believe in continually asking why the they call it in business philosophy asking the five whys to find the source of the issue or the reason or the justification whatever term you want to put on that that's very important to me I'm not going to follow a trend because somebody said we could follow it follow a trend uh, I had a client many many years ago in a different business who uh, came to came to me and said, uh, we have to change our opt-ins and make everything double opt-in because so-and-so said in their blog that it's essential. It's like, okay, so you're, so basically, so basically you're doing what somebody else told you to do. Uh, And we've been doing it the other way for how many years and how many times have we already tried this and it didn't work? So are you a trend follower? Are you doing things from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion in alignment with your own truth? Yeah, I think you've touched on some, some, unfortunately, 
the oversight of so many small businesses to not do that just fundamental why, why, why questioning and really uncovering who they are. Because again, it, without that, they cannot distinguish themselves in a very strategic, consistent way. But they're not, I don't know why, but I'm finding that there's so many that are not willing to step back and take the time to do that work. And then they, they follow that, that you know, external advice and follow the herd, so to speak. And they just become a commodity in the minds of their market and they're struggling because they cannot find out, they can't figure it out. They can't figure out why they're being overlooked, you know, in yeah. terms of customers. But it's a, it's unfortunate and, and that's that's my mission as a brand clarity expert is really to um, bring them back into the work, get them to do the work on themselves so they are super clear on who they are. And then when they step up into the confidence of that knowing it changes everything. It changes everything and how everything outside of them responds. So until that's done, it's just, they're just on the, that gerbil hamster wheel, you know? Yeah. What you also probably gained at this point, Suzanne, is I love to have conversations that are based on analogies and examples. Mm -hmm. So let's, uh, let me tell you a little something else about me personally is I'm a cigar aficionado. I, in fact, I, uh, in fact, I'm going to be having one as soon as we're done with this interview. Now, uh, I had some busybody came, come to one of my social media profiles when I shared a photo of myself holding the book. Uh, somebody had uh, autographed their book and mailed it to me. And you know how authors will say, hey, man, when you get a chance, could you post a picture of yourself with my book? Uh -huh. Very, very common in self-publishing. And I've, and I've actually done this for a number of my friends who have published books. They autographed a copy, sent it to me, and I took a picture of myself holding the book. Well, I didn't hold, well, I, well in this case, I didn't take a picture of myself holding the book. I took a picture of me holding the book open to a page with a cigar in the other hand. Okay. Because the way I'm going to read it, that's, that's what I do. I'm going to read a book over a stogie. It's part of what I am, part of what I do. So, uh, you know, cue this one busybody to decide to start quoting all these statistics about how my dangerous habit is killing people and destroying society and how they, and how they're saying it with love and empathy because they just want me to be healthy and happy. So what do you think I did with that? You know, um, I can imagine what you did with that. You Probably can't imagine? I can't imagine. Yeah. Try me. Let's see. What, let's, let's see. Let's see if you got it. Well, I don't think you did anything about it. Oh, I did something. I did something with it. Because if you pay attention to that and you begin to, you know, egg that on, then you care about what others think about you. And in the, in the same voice, you're, you are already being happy and healthy doing what yeah. you're doing. Uh, so what do you think I did? I did take an action. What did I do? Did you delete it? Very good. Very <laughs> good. I was, I was sending a message to that person and anybody else who might've seen the comment and then noticed that it disappeared, that candidly, I made that decision for myself and I don't care. Right. Because, Hey, uh, and the way, and the way I describe it, explain it. If you actually want the answer, everybody has a vice. You're going to die of something someday. Well, the answer is you're the boss of you. Yeah. You, you get to do what you want to do. And, right. You know, having someone preach to you 
what you shouldn't be doing. I know, you know, it, thank you very much, but you know, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I don't, I don't even remember who this person was, but I'm going to imagine for a moment that maybe one of their hobbies is skydiving. Okay. Oh yeah. That's real smart skydiving. Uh, you know, you jump out of that plane and what if the cord breaks, you're going to, you're going to be turned into hash that's going to be eaten by crows. Yeah, real good, real good hobby of yours. You might want to think about your family and uh, the impact you're leaving on the world or that crater you're going to leave when you fall 30,000 feet to your death. How's that sound? <laughs> doesn't sound very good, I don't think. Right. Doesn't, doesn't even really think I have the social currency to critique someone like that. Well, I think... I because think... because it, because if you look at somebody from the skydiving, uh, you know, it's something that people do and... The statistics on it show that it's actually safe. I think that the bottom line to this point, Adam, is that what I'm recognizing is the fact that the more you know who you are and you're confident in that position, the less you care about what others think and the less drama you have in your life and the more uh -huh. ease and flow you get to, you allow or enable yourself to have. Exactly. And the reason we went through this, this is for our listeners, is so you can understand that uh, for some who have a fear of showing your personal brand because it might repel people, to me, the point is it's supposed to. And it's also supposed to strongly attract people who are more of your type of tribe because you want to work with people who are a good fit and people you're going to get along with. Exactly. Yeah. Here's something, here's something I do uh, with uh, when I have, I, I'm speaking with the prospect about possibly doing business is I tend to be pretty authentic with my conversation style and uh, I'll somewhere in a conversation make some real sarcastic comment or wisecrack or something like that. Not about the person, but just about something just to see how they go with it. Uh -huh. If they, if they laugh uproariously, we could be heading somewhere. If they just say, um, okay, that conversation's probably going to get cut short because what I'm seeing is I'll, I would be dealing with somebody I had to walk on eggshells with, and I'm just not going to do it. In fact, I would also, you should never have to feel like you're walking on eggshells if you're dealing with your people who are authentically yours. I would agree. And so many, uh, so many people take on clients because of the cash versus the math. Yeah of the client, you know, the resonance of the client that they're a perfect client, but rather they, they chose, and then they become a nightmare. Uh -huh. You know, it's the whole 80, 20 rule, but you know, when you're strong in your understanding about who you are and confident in that space, and you can be more conscious, strategic and deliberate and how you deliver what you deliver, you attract um, the right clients who again, want what you have to offer and are willing to pay what you're selling. So, in, you know, it's just so important. And pe once people begin to realize that and that are in business for themselves, the whole the gates open and things break loose and, and their business just explodes. That's the part that I like the most, the part where your business explodes and you get to have, you get to joyfully experience the fun of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If our listeners can take something else away from that today, you, you the listener who are tuning into this show today, it's the, the joyful fun 
that you're going to have with your personal brand and how it's going to attract people to you magnetically. Now, as a final point here, as we wrap up here, you know, you made the argument, uh, we discussed this earlier, that foregoing marketing for branding and actually putting branding ahead of marketing can draw a bigger audience to your business. Well, I would say you cannot even, you know, logically effectively market without knowing your brand because you market a brand. And so if you haven't identified and defined who you are as a brand, you realize that you are the brand of your business as a personal brand, then what the heck are you marketing? All you can possibly be doing without that understanding of who you are as a brand is chasing the client, throwing stuff out there against the wall, see if, and if, it, if it sticks, it sticks. But until you identify and define who you are as a brand, you cannot succinctly message it you can't show up that way and consistently deliver on your promise yeah and i think that and i think that's the i think that's the other thing is um you can't deliver on a promise of something you aren't that's right it, it's it try, try it in the long run it's just impossible you may try and go into chameleon mode for about two minutes but it's going to grate on you it's unsustainable unsustainable absolutely <laughs> so uh so as we wrap up here and this has been so much fun for me uh we may have some listeners on the edge of their seats right now thinking you know i really want to get more in touch with my personal brand i want to be able to uh, align this with my authentic self i want to stand out in a saturated marketplace i want to stop chasing typical marketing strategies buy more ads do more emails yeah. and all that and while i may keep doing that I want to do it in a way where it's actually going to get me results because people are going to feel drawn to me. So, uh, and I'm, or they may be saying, you know, I am in a commoditized business. There's only only so many, so many ways to make a widget, but I want people to buy my coffee, not the coffee of the other shop down the street. So how can people reach out to you and what do they have to look forward to when that happens? Oh, well, I just launched a book and it's uh-huh. called Personal Brand Clarity, Identify, Define, and Align to What You Want to Be Known For. And it is a it is the entire process. And it's almost like a textbook where, you know, you go and you have uh, all these activities. There's five modules and there's um, experiential activities to flush out your personal brand presence and get clear on it. And I also have a online self-directed online course. And it's, uh, you can get there at www.personalbrandpresence.com. All right. And that is for those who really enjoy video. They like, you know, they want me to, it feels like I'm right there with them. I'm walking them through. They've got a downloadable workbook uh-huh. and they can pace it themselves. They can do it in, in their own timeframes. Um, and then I have an offer at the end where they can actually Zoom call with me with their out, out, outputs and we can help them start making it tangible in their particular arena. As I like to say to folks, um, if it's going to take you, if it's going to take you two weeks, two months or two years to get there, if you wait until tomorrow, it's now going to take you two weeks in one day two months in one day or two years in one day. So might as well make that move. So uh, go to personalbrandselling.com. Also, I would encourage you to check out uh, Suzanne's primary website, uh, which is uh, https colon forward slash forward slash brandascension.com. Right. I've seen it myself. It's a great website. You're going to get a lot of great information from it. 
the, the URL you mentioned before um, was just slightly incorrect. If I could just give them the right one. Oh, pattern interrupt. Go ahead. It's, it's personalbrandpresence.com for the online course. Okay, personalbrandpresence.com. Yeah, I'm going to say it one more time. Personalbrandpresence.com. But there's there's low amplification for you. So um, and that, and that goes with another element of my branding is I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, uh, trying to make up for something or feeling bad about it. I'm going to look for the silver lining in the cloud because that is a precious metal. Excellent. So the uh, the cloud was I goofed up your damn domain. Uh, the, <laughs> the the silver lining is I said it twice, loud and slow. So you're probably going to get more opt-ins from it. Yay. And I'll be one of them. So, uh, so I'm, I'm going to check it out for myself. Yeah. All right. So Suzanne Tuline, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been an honor and believe me in education. Oh, likewise, Adam. It's, it's such a great time to talk with you and in hearing your stories and seeing how you're actually hearing the, the information from your, your interviewee and taking that and really making it uh, very tangible. All right. All right. Well, we trust for our listeners you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Again, check out our previous and our upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And until next time, have a great day. Take care. <laughs>